Welcome to the Stitches Podcast. Today we talk about the good and the bad of velocity and pitchers. Let's get to it. and welcome to another edition of the Stitches Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Manderfeld. I'm here with Nick Budig and Noah Manderfeld. And as I alluded to at the beginning there, we're going to be talking about fastballs. It's a fastball episode today. As velocities rise, we've seen a rise in pitchers' injuries, and the latest one has been Nathan Eovaldi with the Red Sox having a similar injury to 2018. Looks like he's going to be out four to six weeks. We thought it'd be good to talk about velocity. Is it worth it to have a 100-mile-an-hour fastball but also uh, seem seemingly get injured every other season? Uh, but first, let me uh, go over a couple things. Let's introduce you to the Stitches panel. We've got Nick Budig, who's back from his uh, injury woes himself mm-hmm. with the migraine last week. How's it going? Oh, it's going good. Had a had a professional massage today. I don't know if either of you guys have ever had a professional massage, but that's probably the greatest thing in my life. Like a warm butter after that. Where did you even get a professional massage? Like you just paid for this or is like through work? Yeah, or what? I just paid for it. It was like 30 bucks for an hour. That's actually not that. that bad. It was like your back and your head or what? Yeah, it was like my back, shoulders, neck, whatever she wanted to do. I was open for it. Nice. Like 50 cents a minute. Yeah. Wow. Noah's breaking down the math. <laughs> so that's, you heard there, that's Noah Manerfeld. How's it going, Noah? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. How are you, Luke? Good. I was um, just doing a thing, event thing for work, and uh, my mind is like all over the place today. I don't know what it is, but we got to get you guys the content, uh, the great content from the Stitches podcast. So we are here for you. I will fight through my uh, my woes with my um, head all over the place. You can even tell the way I said that it was terrible. So it's it's <laughs> a long knows. season. Sometimes we get a little tired, but. You know, you gotta. Yeah, but it's only April. Player. you can't. You can't just be benched on this. It's only season. April, and I am just all over the place. I gotta rein it in a little bit. I think <laughs> I need to work on my stamina. Okay. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> uh, the other thing I want to go over is just reminding you that we are on a bunch of different podcast platforms: iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, anywhere you get your podcasts. You can subscribe. You can rate. You can leave us some feedback. We always appreciate it, and if you, uh, like I said, if you do like what we're talking about, if you do like the show, please give us a rating and feedback. It really help us out. And uh, subscribe so you get all of our content every week as we uh, as we release it. Uh, okay, so we've got the velocity on tap, the velocity and pitchers on tap. But let's let's do the name game first. No, we didn't get to do it last week because it's just you and me. Uh, but we've got Nick here today, so I think it's worth the. Uh, Worth a shot. But yet, still no Robert to tell us what we shouldn't yeah. do. I know. And I should add that Robert is trying to get his computer fixed, but I don't know. He's It's all kind of messed up right now. He's got the audio issue. He can't hear us when we talk. So we, we have two options. We could just not have him do it or call in, but we don't want to ruin the audio quality for you guys. Um, so we just opt to – he's just going to sit out for probably another week, and hopefully he can get that uh, figured out. Uh, in a couple weeks, so we can get him on the show. Okay, here's the name game for this week. It's Tito Polo. What? Tito Polo. He's a Colombian um, outfielder for the uh, Marwin or the Mariners organization. Tito Polo. Tito. Tito. Tito Polo. Like Marco Polo, but Tito. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. 
Yep. Is Nick Tito like Terry Francona Tito? Can't tell you. <laughs> you always try to ask extra questions and get the cheat. You try to cheat. Nick, you're up first. Uh, I'm up first. Tito Powell. Oh, I'm gonna have to go. Oof, I'm gonna go. Uh, he's not a real person. All right, this is a fake person. No. Here's my thing. I feel like oh like Polo. <laughs> it's a T-shirt, right? But that's also his last name. I was gonna say he's named after a T-shirt, but there's a W in there. Polo. Oh, like Polo, like oh, yeah, the T-shirt. Polo I thought you were talking about the sport. Yeah, I did too. No, that's fair. That's fair. Forces. I'm gonna go yes. 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 Okay. That's fair. Okay. We've got a. Uh, Split vote here. Nick's going no. No's going yes. All right, let's jump into uh, velocity and pitchers. Uh, as I said, Nathan Evaldi is the probably the most recent casualty to go down as a high-velocity pitcher. He had some surgery to remove some um, loose fragments in his elbow, and it looks like he'll be, a, be out about four to six weeks for the Red Sox. But some of the other pitchers that I just off the top of my head that have dealt with injury problems as a high-velocity pitcher. Chris Sale, we've seen his velocity go down this year after he had shoulder issues last year. Hunter Green, one of the top prospects in baseball, uh, number two overall pick a few years ago. He's had Tommy John surgery, and there's many more that, well, we could probably rattle off and rattle off in 30 minutes and fill a whole show with just names. Um, and a lot of it is velocity, and uh, there, there's been a lot of research done that shows high velocity usually leads to more arm injuries. I think if you throw above 93 miles an hour, your chance of li- landing on the injury list is double than if someone who threw under 93. Um, so there's the good and the bad with velocity. It's Number one, it's probably the best indicator for success. If you throw hard, you're probably uh, you're a good bet to have, find some success in the major leagues. Obviously, there's exceptions, but on the on the flip side, you do have a really high injury risk. So I want to let's we'll start off the the debate here, the, the topic with a, just a simple question: Why is velocity so important? Even though we know that it leads to these injuries, Nick, we'll start with you. Uh, well, it's 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 a it's the perfect thing for masking uh, uh, pitchers weaknesses a pitcher doesn't really have good command or he doesn't have good movement on his on his pitches a 96 mile per hour fastball down the heart of the plate is probably it's probably gonna be tougher to hit for some batters than a say a 92 mile per hour pitch on the corner just because it, it, it speeds the batter up it um it just it just is it's, it's just tougher to hit you got it's not coming a lot faster obviously mm-hmm. um and a player's gonna have a tough time uh challenging that Whereas uh, a player that has good control, he has some movement, but I mean, if he misses his spot with a, like I said, 92 mile per hour fits, that thing's that thing's gonna get it smashed pretty, pretty, pretty well in today's game. So mm-hmm. the velocity is is kind of a a good mask for pitcher struggles. You don't have to have, even have really good command. You could leave a 100 mile fastball right down the middle and even mm-hmm. find success. That's really true. No, what about you? Yeah, and we were talking about this yesterday, you and I, Luke, and you said fastball was the number one indicator for success. You said that earlier here today. And it's, again, like Nick said, because you can just throw a fastball and, you know, guys aren't going to be able to swing at it. Uh, and we've seen it time and time again when players lose their velocity. They they don't know how to pitch. It exposes their weakness. And so I think that's why it's the fastest way to the majors. We saw that with the steroid era as well. People were taking steroids because yeah maybe it was bad for your body but it got you to the major leagues a lot earlier now fastballs high high velocity fastballs are not cheating by any means but it's just a fast way to the majors and young players 
All they want to do is get to the majors and be noticed. And it's really hard to be noticed when you pitch like Greg's, Greg Maddox. Even though Greg Maddox is the best pitcher of all time or one of the best pitchers of all time, it's really hard to get noticed as a young prospect. So you have to have that flashy material uh, or flashy stuff. And that's what a fastball brings for you. It's interesting to to look at the velocity numbers from 2008. Average velocity in the major leagues was just below a tick below 91.5 miles per hour. And last year, which is actually the first year that, or um, 2017 was the first year that uh, average velocity actually went down in about eight years, and it was just below 93 miles an hour. So that's almost a two mile mile an hour tick in just a matter of like eight years, and. You see flamethrowers all over the major leagues. First is Rawls Chapman. Everyone's awed at this guy who can throw 100 mile an hour, 100 mile an hour on command. But now we have a bunch of guys who can do that. Uh, Jordan Hicks throws 103 on command, which is crazy for the Cardinals. And and it's it, it, it just there's this new revolution of pitchers who can throw hard, and um, and a lot of them are relievers. I think. You don't see the many starters that throw 100 an hour, 100, 100 many starters who throw 100 miles an hour, but you know they still throw in the high 90s. But a lot of relievers, I mean, I'd say most closers these days can throw upper 90s for 100, 100 miles an hour. So if that's teaching a lot of the young players today, a lot of the youth baseball players that velocity is everything, and it's really what will get you to the major leagues. And I think that's dangerous because mm-hmm. throwing hard is is like we talked about leads to more injuries, and especially when you're a young kid and you're throwing hard and it leads to more arm injuries, maybe not at the moment, but as you grow up, your arm's going to get tired and you're gonna, it's going to add more fatigue. And I'm really worried about what velocity will do for maybe the younger kids of our game. And, yeah. Yeah, and two, when you throw harder and you have more success as a, as a young player, you're going to be used a lot more, especially if you're in that 12 to 15 age range, maybe even high school. They're going to use you more because you're going to be the number one pitcher. And a lot of those pitches, that takes a toll on that arm. And do you remember... Uh, you talked about average fastball velocity. Remember back when Fox Sports used to put the little flame on the scoreboard whenever mm-hmm. that pitch reached 95 miles per hour? They'd have to do that for almost every pitch for some they, pitch. They, they still do it, yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy uh, to see you know how fast these pitchers are pitching, and it is a really dangerous game because you know a pitcher goes down, another one steps up, and a lot of starters who throw 92, they found out once they go down and they can't get through the lineup more than two times, they just throw harder and become a reliever. It's a really easy path. And I think that's so interesting about this might be getting a little bit off topic, but I think it's worth exploring that uh, young players, they get overused. And if they're throwing hard, they're not they're going to get burned out. Their arms going to get burned out by the time they reach professional baseball. And I think it's why it's so important that young baseball players are playing more than just baseball. They're playing basketball. They're playing football. They're running track. They're doing all these things in the offseason so that they're not throwing year round. And that's we're going away from that, right? Like baseball in the South region, all these hard flamethrower kids who are huge, highly touted prospects playing for the United States national team in the offseason. They're playing for all these different uh, teams because they are so good. But when they get to be 20 years old and they're on the cusp of the major leagues and they have Tommy John or they have some serious surgery, it's kind of all of that down the drain a little bit. And we see Tommy John's not for sure thing. I mean, it's pretty pretty good that you're going to come back but um tommy john once we've seen that a lot of in, a lot of um if you have tommy john once we've seen a lot of players get tommy john again like evaldi as we alluded to or maybe leading to some other shoulder problems so uh velocity and overuse as a kid really does lead to problems down the line i believe yeah and i was going to bring this up quick um it has to do 
with a, with a pitcher right now who's on the free agent market. And he's been on the free agent market this year. And it's kind of been a, a weird thing that he has been with Dallas Keuchel. He's a, a lot of people call him one of the most mechanically sound pitchers in the majors. He's not a flamethrower. He throws no, throws 90 miles per hour. But he's a he's a top pitcher in baseball when he's on. He gets those ground balls, and he's he's not going to strike everyone out. But he's still, like I said, one of the best pitchers in baseball. Got a Cy Young. And he's sitting on the free agent market right now, which really the only explanation is he's, he's over the hill, and he just doesn't have the gas to do it, which, again, goes points back to these kids. They're seeing a person like Dallas Keuchel not – not get signed, which may be in their mind simply because he doesn't throw hard. When he when he is mechanically sound, like a Greg Maddox kind of guy, he's going to get ground ball. He's going to win you games, and he's not going to get injured just because he he knows how to properly throw a baseball, and he's just not going to go do it. Like you see, like we we're just talking about these guys coming up by coming up and just throwing straight gas, and then the next year they're having Tommy John, they're having shoulder injuries. And I think that, that that might be a problem for a baseball right now, trying to figure out how to get guys like Dallas Keuchel to be signed when they're performing well, just not throwing hard. And I, and I, I think that's backed up, too, when you look at past drafts. And I found this article that was in Fangraphs. It was written in 2011, but I think it's still relevant today. It talks about players who had velocity in high school, but after they were drafted, their velocity actually went down. And they listed guys like, Jeremy Jeffries, when he was drafted back in 2006, his fastball velocity was at 95 miles per hour in 2010. Um, and uh, he was in reached triple digits in high school. Clayton Kershaw, he sat at uh, mid-90s. And when he came out of the draft, he was at 92 miles per hour. So you're definitely seeing these high schoolers trying to get noticed by this high fastball, but then they realize it's just not sustainable. And I don't have... Uh... Dallas Keuchel's velocity numbers in front of me or uh, injury history in front of me, but I, I'm pretty sure he's been a pretty healthy pitcher he for most of his career. And Gio Gonzalez is a guy who also stands out, doesn't throw hard, but he had a really good ending to the season with the Brewers, and he still hasn't really found a spot after the Yankees released him. Doesn't throw hard, but he does have some good secondary stuff. And it's pitchers like that who really aren't getting a lot of looks. And like Nick said, it does kind of lead uh, lead young players to believe that Velocity is really everything, and and it doesn't help that when you go to youth tryouts or if you go to all these different you know showcases, there's a velocity gun right in your face. Mm-hmm. All these scouts have velocity guns up, and maybe there's even a a board right there that reminds you how fast you're throwing. It really is everything when you're a kid is how fast you throw, and I don't know how to get away from that because we're seeing, and this has been a problem for a long time. It's not just this year. We're seeing some of the best pitchers in the game get hurt and. I remember how how I felt when Jose Fernandez, the late Jose Fernandez, went down with Tommy John surgery, and how all of baseball was like, "How this is a great pitcher that we're not going to see for another year." Uh, he threw hard. He had Tommy John surgery, and that just hurts the game. It hurts the exposure. Mm-hmm. You don't see LeBron James sit out for a year unless it's a really bad injury like a torn ACL, which doesn't really happen because of overuse. It's just a freak injury yeah. usually. Uh-huh. And you don't see that in other sports. And I think that's really concerning for baseball going forward as a marketing machine. Yep. And I was watching, it was a documentary on Netflix about Chin Meng Wong, uh, former ace for the New York Yankees. And he was he was an ace for a while, then he got a fluke injury with his leg, um, was out for a while, and he was trying to make a comeback. And he did make a comeback with the Royals, if you remember. He was a reliever for a year, had about a low four ERA. And the reason he did that, and the only thing he was trying to do when he was trying to come back, was to increase his fastball velocity. Because he knew fastball velocity was going to get him signed by a major league team. 
and it worked. He was able to come back, and that's why pitchers are doing this because it's easy to get hitters out when you have a fastball. I, I totally agree, and I don't know what the fix is, but I think it's going to have to come down to either the medical side of things, figuring out how pitchers with higher velocity can stay stronger, I guess, keep their elbows stronger, keep their shoulders stronger. And uh, I don't think that overuse is the problem. I think, or I don't think that high pitch counts is the problem, especially when it's older. I really do think it's at the youth level. It's not the David Price going out and throwing 120 pitches in a game because at that point you're fully developed. I think it's really issues when you're 14 and you go out and throw 100 pitches in back-to-back games because you're Mm -hmm. one of two pitchers on the team. I think that's what leads to future injuries, not really when you're an adult and you're throwing like that. I think there's a correlation between how how much you throw as a kid and injuries later on. And I don't know how you how you measure that. I don't know if anyone has measured that, but I'd be really interested to see if that if that there's a correlation there uh, with velocity, how much you throw as a kid, and future injuries. Okay, so what happens if you do lose your velocity? Though we've seen a lot of pitchers who maybe have to. It's kind of starting like a second career almost. We, David Price. We see he used to throw high 90s with the Tampa Bay Rays, and now he's with the Red Sox. He's lost a lot of that velocity. He's really had to remake himself. Chris Sale this season, he's been pitching all right, even though his velocity, his uh, pitching, his velocity is down to about 92, which is about three or four miles an hour off. He's he's really uh, he started off really slow, but he started to pick it up, getting the strikeouts, even though his velocity isn't there. And there's a lot more. There's obviously the exception where you have like Justin Verlander, who used to throw really hard, lost it, and then now it's back again with the Astros, but. When a, when a pitcher loses their velocity, what's the issue, and how can how can we see that pitchers do make up for it and uh, and find success? I think it all goes back to what I said in the orig- at the top top of the show with the fastball masking masking the weakness with the velocity. You look at guys like like you mentioned Justin Verlander. He went from ninety five, then it seemed like every year it dropped down a miles per hour and then it kind of worked himself back up and now chris sale who's dropped down to 92 uh the thing about chris sale it seems like we all thought that his funky delivery was such, such a deceptive thing and it almost, almost turned out that his fastball was what, what really was getting those strikeouts um and then david price is another one he's in, I, I found it very interesting to him but Actually, when he's when the when he's thrown softer, those seasons he's had a, a higher strikeout rate than he had when he was when when he was throwing hard. Um, the thing with them, they 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 have to turn into what you hear a lot of the time on TV to be pitchers, not throwers. They got to learn how to use both sides of the plate, elevate elevate their pitches and drop their pitches down. It's a uh, it's a new ball game for these guys when they have to go from 95 to 92 to learn how to work around pitch work around these batters. I, th- I think it leads to more inconsistency as well because you have to be so precise with your pitches. And if you're throwing soft stuff, we see this with Sabathia sometimes. If he's off his game, he gets blown up because, you know, he, he's missing his spots and hitters are able to hit hit him really well. Whereas if you have a fastball and you throw it right down the middle, guys can still swing and miss at that a lot more often. Mm-hmm. There's always a learning period after a, a- pitcher loses mm-hmm. their velocity too. you look at david price specifically he's had some bad uh some bad stretches in the last few years because he has lost that velocity and i think you really had to learn how to like you said nick be mm-hmm. an be a be a pitcher and it, it's not something it's not easy right it's mm-hmm. uh you have to learn you have to go through the process of maybe getting hit a little bit before you pick up these uh these skills that you maybe didn't have before just because um velocity was masking it i think it's a really interesting case study because you look at guys who lost their velocity, their fastball, and they have to come back and do 
all this different stuff to learn how to throw and how to pitch again and how to be effective again. Um, it's just really interesting to me how pitchers go through this and how they learn. CC Sabathia did that too. He had about a 470 ERA for three years, in fact. And then he's come back for a sub four ERA his last three years. Um, but one player that I look at that never really came back, Tim Lincecum. Tim Lincecum mm-hmm. had a 95 mile an hour fastball when he came up. And it was sitting at like a high 93s in 2011, his last good year. Comes in 2012, it drops down like a 91 to just below 91. And he fell off. He was never really able to become a good pitcher again. He came back in the majors a little bit. But he, he just wasn't able to rediscover his command uh, without that velocity. And that's just kind of the extreme side of what can happen when you lose your velocity. Zach Granke's another case study, I think. He used to throw pretty hard with the Royals. And every year his velocity is diminished. And every year in spring training, everyone's worried about his velocity too. And he kind of makes fun of it. And then he comes and, you know, he bumps it up to 92 where he usually is. Um, And he's learned how to be an amazing pitcher without a lot of velocity. So there are cases where pitchers can do this. But Tim Linscomb is one of those where it's like some guy who had a guy who had enormous talent, was one of the best pitchers in the game and was on his way to a Hall of Fame career, and now there's no shot of him. I don't think there's any shot of him getting the Hall of Fame at this point because of how he ended his career, and it is really sad. Now I kind of want to talk about the future of velocity and how the game should go or maybe will go. I think it's kind of hard to determine. I think we kind of know that fast velocity will continue to be king for the future, but where should it go? I mean, should we continue to glorify velocity at a young age, or is this something we should protect? Nick, I'll start with you. I know it's a really tough question to to tackle, but... I mean, where does velocity go from here? I mean, where does it fit into maybe the youth baseball picture and baseball picture as a whole? I mean, I think it all just comes down to mechanics on coaching. I, I was reading, I read an article earlier today. It was, I mean, it was mostly focused on uh, kids not throwing curveballs early. I know we I know we heard that when we were little. We couldn't throw curveballs till a certain age. It was fastballs and change-ups. But now they're talking that they, that they really want these kids to work on their mechanics, even if it means they're going to throw a – they're a 45 mile per hour pitch instead of a 60 mile per hour pitch. And it's, it's, it's just something that they're going to have to learn. You look back on, you hear about the old time days when they threw 300 innings per year, they were throwing 16 complete games, probably maybe 300 pitches per game. It sounds like, and not too many injuries, but it, I'm sure if you look back in time there, the average velocity was probably around 91, 92 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. And again, these guys just, they they worked on it. They weren't going to try to overthrow. And I think that's what we need to go back to. We need to get these kids to start really strengthening up in their mechanics and learning how to throw like Dallas Keuchel. Um, and that's just, I think it just comes down to coaching. It comes down to the coaches at the usage and uh, just more awareness around that. It's interesting because I think you, when you look in the past, maybe there weren't as many pitching injuries as there were today, but there were a lot of shoulder injuries. Mm-hmm. and a shoulder injury is kind of the mark of death for a pitcher. If you had a shoulder injury, you were kind of done. Now it's a lot of elbow injuries. It's shifted from the shoulder to the elbow, and I think a lot of that has to do with velocity. So I, I agree with you. It's a little bit of mechanics. And uh, Noah, what are, what, what are your thoughts? I, I think there's a real danger in glorifying velocity, and I thought it was really ironic. I was on the MLB website the other day, and they had – their number one article was the top the the one flamethrower from each team, and they showed their highest velocity in each pitcher. But the banner above that article was Nathan Eovaldi out for six to eight weeks, and it was just really ironic. He was named in that article as a flamethrower for the Red Sox, but yet he's got bone chips in his elbow. He's never really been able to be healthy, 
And I, I just I think when we put articles out like that or when we start to glorify this velocity, we're perpetuating this notion that, you know, velocity is great. Velocity is, is, is great and fun to watch. It's I think it can be good for the game. But over the long run, it's going to be bad for the game because we're going to continue to see good pitchers fall. And right now, it seems almost inevitable. Every young pitcher that comes up is going to get hurt with their elbow one way or another, maybe even Tommy John. It's just like, oh, there goes another one. He's out for a year. That should not be the case. These young pitchers should be pitching for a while, and pitchers should not have such an injury risk because it's also having risk on their marketability when they become free agents because then you don't know if their elbow is going to hold up or their prices are going down. I don't think it's going to be good in the long run, and I think we've got to go back to command. Velocity can still be there, but I think command's got to be a bigger part of the the puzzle. Mm. I'd, I'd be remiss to say, if we were talking about arm injuries, I need to talk about the book The Arm by Jeff Passan. It's one of the best books I've ever read mm. when it comes to arm injuries, and he talks a lot about youth baseball. He talks about Japanese baseball, where these guys are throwing 200 pitches you know, in a in a game, or in you know a practice, a bullpen session as a kid, and they they don't have a lot of arm injuries in Japan. I think a lot of it has to do, and I, I'm going to go back to this again, is how much a kid pitches. And you look at 14-year-olds who are playing baseball year-round, they're pitching almost every day because their team maybe doesn't have another pitcher or they're the best pitcher on their team, and they're pitching a lot. I think that is a huge issue in, in baseball. And Little League Baseball is kind of preemptively you know, added innings uh, innings limits to pitchers you know, on back-to-back days or anything like that. But it's just really, when they're playing baseball year-round, it's so hard to keep a cap on innings limits. I think we need to go back to the days of three-sport athletes where you mm-hmm. got football in the, you got football in the fall. You've got, if you're in Minnesota, it's hockey in the winter. But basketball. <laughs> basketball for probably most of the United States. And then in the spring, you got baseball. Or summer, you got baseball or track in the spring. Mm-hmm. I think we need to go back to that where they're, they're getting all these different types of skills. And they're not throwing you around, but they're still honing their athletic ability through other sports. I think that is key. I think that's what we've gone away from. We've gone to specialization, and that's led to more arm injuries as players and pitchers have grown up with all these innings on their arm just already built in. Yeah, Yeah, and I think you can limit how often a pitcher pitches in a week, say, but if they're pitching consistently year-round, that's yeah, just you can't, you can't, you can't get, a, get a handle on that because maybe this league has this innings limit, but then they're playing in like a youth baseball, a different, like a local league where there are no innings limits, just whatever the coach wants to do. Yeah. And they're yeah. constantly trying to get seen, too, by scouts because they're getting scouted by the time they're probably 14 years old. Yeah, if they're throwing yeah. hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's ridiculous how low it goes by either college recruiters or pro rec- recruiters. It's both. And yeah, it's just, it's concerning to me what's happening at the youth level. I think that's where all this stems from. And I, like I said, I don't know if there's any studies that's been done on this, but I know anecdotally in, in, in the book, the arm and in some other stuff I've seen that the youth baseball movement, the specialization movement has led to some of these injuries. And I think that needs to change in the future. All right, guys, I think that was a good discussion with velocity and, in pictures, it's a really deep topic. There's a lot to go over. So I know we couldn't touch on everything in this, 30 minute podcast, but it's a, it's a concern that I think is going to get worse and worse as we go along. We've seen more and more injuries. It seems like more serious injuries. I don't know if there's more injuries, but I know there's more serious injuries with some of the best games, best pitchers being hurt. And uh, I think it's something that baseball is going to have to address uh, continually address going forward. I know that they're trying to, but there's just a lot to do. Um, all right, let's do the name game. See if uh, 
you guys got this right. So, Nick, you said no, and mm-hmm. Noah, you said yes, right? That is correct. For Tito Polo. Uh, he is actually a player. What? Tito okay. Polo is a Colombian outfielder for the Mariners. He's actually been in the minors for, let's see, since 2012, since he was oh. 17. He's been wow. in the minors for seven years. He's at AAA right now. Hey. We might see him soon. Tito. Tito. Tito with a D or T? Tito with a T. It's like Tito, like Terry Francona, the nickname. Mm. Terry Francona, Tito. Wow, Noah. Called that one. Yeah. Tito Polo is a player, so watch out for him in the Mariners uniform near you. Hitting some bombs, maybe. Actually, he's not really a home run hitter. He's more of a stolen base guy. He had 46 stolen bases in 2015 in the Mariners. That'll wrap up the show for today. I know it was a really deep topic, and we tried to cover it the best we could. Uh, We appreciate you tuning in. Just want to remind you that we are on a bunch of different podcast platforms. We're on Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes, anywhere you get your podcast. You can subscribe, rate, give us some feedback if you like the show. Uh, we appreciate anything you can give us. Uh, next week, we hope to have Robert back with us. We'll have Nick and Noah and me again talking some more baseball. Uh, so we hope you uh, tune in. See you next week. Take care.